Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Batch Uncut. We're doing things a little bit different today. We're giving you two parts. That's because The Bachelor is the gift that keeps on giving and they will not stop giving us episodes, which some nights we wish they would. But, oh, look, I'm here with Maddie J. There he is. I mean, are you going to just do the whole episode by yourself or what am I, what am I chop liver over here? Jesus oh, Christ. I'm so stuck with you at the moment. We do everything together. <laughs> Lockdown's I mean, been a joy. I mean, we sleep together. <laughs> Do we? I mean, we raise kids together. <laughs> it's just a nightmare, isn't it? All right, so the way this is going to work, we're going to split the episode into two. You with me, Laura Byrne? And this is part one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying for anyone who was like, well, what part am I on right now? It says it in the title. This is part one, and this is going to be our interview with our Favourite horny bogan, yes, you guessed it, that's Sierra. We thought we'd give you a little treat today and what better treat than give you a woman who on national TV said that her spirit animal is a koala because she likes to sleep and has definitely had chlamydia. (laughs) Now let me just say, so many of you guys in the Facebook group asked us to get Sierra on for an interview. She is just as funny in real life as what she is on the show. But there are so many more layers to Sierra. She is far more vulnerable. And I think that there was a lot more depth to who she is as a person than what we got to see on the actual show. Unfortunately, it didn't suit her character and it didn't make the edit. We asked her all the hard-hitting questions like, did she actually have a kiss with Jimmy? Did she find any of the crew attractive? What was the hardest part of The Bachelor? And my favourite question, what would be her perfect date? My favourite question was the one that we didn't get to see. And that was, what did she have planned at that cocktail party before she left? When she approached Jimmy and she was like, I have something special planned for you. And we never got to see it. That was the true tragedy of that episode. So enjoy this interview with Sierra. And just a reminder that the recaps of episode 10, 11 and 12 are in part two, which will be in your podcast library right now. Let's get into the interview. We have our favourite horny bogan, who last week, sadly, she left the Batch Mansion and she left the Batch Mansion so that she could come all the way over and speak to us. We have Sierra on the podcast here today. Sierra, welcome to Life on Cut. Thanks, guys. Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how are you feeling? Are you upset? Are you emotional? Uh, I am pretty stoked. I was pretty pleased with both my entrance and my exit. And I'm happy that you guys love me so much. And I'm speaking to you because I'm a massive fan. So it's always good. From the moment that you levitated onto the, the red carpet <laughs> on the very first night, we were there. We stand a horny bogan queen. But thank you so much for taking time to come and do this today. I think that everybody goes into the show having an expectation of what the experience is going to be like. What was the most surprising part about your experience on the show? I don't know. I think perhaps the amount of downtime that you have because you do kind of chill in the mansion quite a lot and I think you do go a little bit stir-crazy sometimes. How did you occupy your time then, Sierra? Um, I definitely didn't exercise much. I think I exercised about twice and I was like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to get so frigging ripped when I come out. I'm going to have like 12 abs and I literally sat on my ass and ate Maltesers pretty much the entire time. 
<laughs> it was like we were like the, the lounge room bandits. It was like Steph, Stevie, Laura, and I always hogged the TV watching like Marvel movies and stuff like that. <laughs> People really kind of do like divide and conquer. You either walk in there and you become like an exercise addict or exactly that. You go the a total opposite because it's really uninspiring on your down days. And I think that mm. depending on what your experience is like with The Bachelor, you either get a lot of time with him or you don't get very much time at all and you don't really get a lot of face time with the bachelor so what we saw of you did you get more time with jimmy than what we actually saw on screen yeah i had quite a lot of really good chats with jimmy actually i spoke to him probably at every single cocktail party except for two i was quite a vulnerable i think i was i'm quite a, i'm a pretty big softy i think deep down i don't think people kind of see that because i'm obviously the the crazy one. <laughs> so I had quite a few good conversations. I think maybe they just didn't make the cut because I don't think it suited my character perhaps. Um, but no, I, did, I actually got to know him pretty well. How many times did you guys kiss? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just plant one on my cheeks. You go, oh, well, I just tried to <laughs> try and pull those ones on him. None, unfortunately. I know it's devastating. My heart is breaking <laughs> for you, Sierra. But we were, we were yeah. curious because we feel like there's been a couple of kisses that have been edited out of the season thus far. So we were like, well, well, well. I want to know where the loose lips have been. But Sierra, I have a few questions about like what happens inside the house and what happens when the cameras are not rolling. So for us, the biggest dramas that would arise when the cameras weren't rolling usually revolved around food. For example, like the girls would fight over who ate all the salmons or who ate all the avocados in the house. What were some of the squabbles that happened in the house and behind closed doors? Um, it's pretty funny, the whole food situation. So we obviously get to make our own shopping lists and we get like a uh, shopping brought in a couple of times a week. I was known as like the batch mansion bin chicken because I never, <laughs> a si- I never cooked a single dinner. I honestly, hand on heart. I was there for about six weeks and I just kind of like stroll around the kitchen. Like, oh, yeah, what you, what you making? <laughs> you know, okay, oh, green curry. Do you want some? Oh, I'm like, nice. yeah, I do. <laughs> so um, there was never any fights about that. There was always heaps of chocolate and stuff like that. I think the biggest thing was probably us hogging the TV. <laughs> we just lived there. Like we were just the most inactive bunch. So yeah, definitely TV hogs. Not sorry about it. <laughs> Taking up the prime real estate. What, would you, what did you guys fight about? Well, I actually think when it comes to food, I think our season of Bachelorette like four or five years ago is the reason why they're so strict now on that budget because we used to order like T-bone steaks every day and like we'd only eat half of it and the rest of it would end up in the bin. So for us, like it was like the golden days where money was no issue. But I think it's changed a lot now. Oh, oh, actually, Coke Zeros, we used to smash through those and people were really selfish. They'd put like one or two in the fridge for themselves and I used to always take them and be like, where the fuck is my Coke Zero? I put one in the fridge for myself. And I'm like, oh, that's what you get for being selfish. <laughs> so I used to always do it. I mean, well, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. You go from like living on your own or living like in your normal environment to living with 24 girls. And some of the girls have never, ever lived out of home before. They've never lived with other people. And you're putting all these clashing personalities together. Yeah, there was definitely a pantry Nazi. I think it was Maddie. She used to arrange the pantry and she liked to have it really like in certain things in specific areas. And if you went screwed around with her pantry you'd hear about it (laughs) (laughs) there was an episode it was just before you left and at the cocktail party 
you kind of made an announcement that you had something planned for Jimmy. And we saw you make that announcement to Jimmy, but we never actually saw what happened. Can you shed any light on what your big plan was? We were robbed. We're still being robbed. I know. I haven't slept a night since. I saw a few tweets and stuff like that about people wanting to know what I had planned. And I think in hindsight, I actually... Heaps of people went all out at the cocktail parties and none of it was shown, so I wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> so I never actually got to – what a waste of time and energy, right? So I never got to actually do it because Jimmy was on a mission that night to speak to people about certain things that were said at the dinner party. Um, but I had a funny idea, me being witty. So I had a bucket, like a, like a silver pail, and I was going to do a bucket list. So I had written down my bucket list things and then Jimmy was going to do his. And on mine, number nine and ten, so nine was Kiss Jimmy – and 10 was take a photo a day for a year. So I had a Polaroid camera hidden under like a couch cushion or something like that. And I was going to turn it around. Jimmy could read mine. I'd be like, so do you want to uh, tick one of these off of the list tonight, Jimmy? And the assumption would be that he would think that I wanted to kiss, but then I would kind of bring up the camera into his vision and be like, well, what were you thinking? And obviously it would make him feel really uncomfortable because he probably would have thought I wanted to kiss him and <laughs> that was a joke at his expense. So, no, I didn't want to kiss, just wanted a Polaroid. <laughs> How were your emotions with Jimmy at this point? Like, is Jimmy someone who would be the kind of guy that you would normally chase in everyday life? Um, probably not. I don't think there was ever any kind of romantic spark. I think I'm obviously being a massive tall, horny bogan. I like tradies. I like guys with like calluses on their hands that kind of stink. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think he's probably a bit too oshgosh pagosh for me. So no, it, yeah, there was never really any kind of vibe, unfortunately. But me having a huge ego like I do, it's still not nice when even though you don't like him, he doesn't like you back. It's like, well, why don't you like me? I don't like you, but why don't you like me? You like all these other girls instead of me. So that was a bit of a bummer for me, I guess. <laughs> Being a horny bogan then, as soon as you exited, did you jump straight back into the dating scene? Well, no, we can't have the apps whilst it's all happening because it'd be kind of weird if you're on a dating show and you're on the dating apps. Um, but I actually did reinstall Hinge last night. Get it, girl. And I can confirm <laughs> they're all still the same people. I'm like, mm. <laughs> Ghost, ghosted you, ghosted you, you ghosted me, ghosted me, ghosted me, ghosted me. So that's a bit disappointing. So I have a question. On our season, it's kind of like, I guess, like people don't realise, but The Bachelors kind of run on like an idea of Stockholm Syndrome. Like not in a creepy way, but in like a really healthy way. Yes. So you really only have The Bachelor to pay attention to. But on our season, we had this waiter. His name was Derek and he was pretty hot. And all the girls, every time Derek would come over, they were like, oh, like there's another man in the room. Room and it kind of just became this like, oh, there's someone else to give some attention to. Don't tell Matt. I fucking hated Derek. <laughs> Derek. Get him offset. Derek got fucking fired. So Derek got fired. One day he just stopped coming to the cocktail parties. Was there anybody in like in and around that the other girls were, or you yourself, when you weren't getting any attention from Jimmy, were like, oh, that cameraman's looking all right. Oh, that's soundy. You know what? In another life, maybe he would be pretty good too. Maybe a gardener. There, there <laughs> were a few. Some of the girls looking pretty hot to me by the end, to be honest. <laughs> our cocktail waiter, like our... You guys can't, you can't see this, but Sierra is scissoring her fingers <laughs> right now. It's great <laughs> entertainment, everyone. Rizarro. Our 
had cocktail waiter was gay and we did flirt up a storm with him. He was actually the best. There was definitely a couple hot camera guys. There was definitely a hot uh, social media dude that came in towards the end. But I've watched enough Bachelor to know that you don't let anyone know that you find them hot. Otherwise, you're going to be thrown straight under the bus. So. Do not, yeah, you do not talk about it. Do not pass go. That was exactly what happened on our season. Poor Derek. I think he got the chop, but everyone for a little while there was like, oh, that man is saucy. And then he was out as soon as he came in. <laughs> Maddie J had his way with that one. Talk to me a little bit about the drama that we've been seeing happening and unfolding in the house. Now, is it and was it as toxic as what it's looking on TV or is it being drummed up a little bit with the editing to make it seem, you know, more impactful? Obviously, we're making a TV show at the end of the day. There has to be the, the cliffhanger and there has to be the drama between the girls. Was that there or is it a little bit manufactured? I think that some things definitely are a little bit worse than they come across on the show and I think some things aren't anywhere near as bad as they come across on the show. Things are definitely omitted. Things are definitely cut and changed, I guess. That's just the reality of it. And I think if people don't see that, then they're probably lacking some serious intelligence. But at the end of the day, like you are stuck in a house with so many women. There's so much estrogen and, you know, you don't have your phones. You're in your bubble. You're focused on one person and your life is basically them. So one thing that would normally you just brush off in the real world, you can't escape it. And it's so amplified and because it's, it does have quite a psychological impact on you. And I didn't realize how much of an impact it would have on me until I went in there, but it's just really hard to just get over things and things just really do upset you. So definitely was drama. Would it be as bad like in our real lives, probably not. And I think one of the big things that we have sort of said many times, Britt and I, we talk about it all the time on the podcast, is that this idea that when you do omit something, you can kind of change a storyline or you can make something, you can skew someone's perception, you know. And I think that when we are very complex, sentient beings, we are multifaceted, so many different things happen and also so many things that happen that aren't actually on screen as well because you spend so much time with these girls in downtime, you know, there's no filming and recording most nights or most evenings. So you have dinner times together. You have a lot of time where you've got one-on-one together. And it's sometimes really hard to capture everything that's happening in a really true and authentic way Yeah, because there's only so much of it that's shown on the actual TV show and they're making it, they're making a show. It's a one hour episode. Correct. Or a two hour episode if you were going to talk about (laughs) Thursday night for a second. (laughs) I wonder if the double episodes are happening because I'm not on there anymore. Yeah, they're just like, get rid of it with Miss Sierra. Yeah. It's nothing without our horny bogan. <laughs> I'm going to have a punt on uh, on this season of The Bachelor and I was hoping that you could give me a couple of tips on who you think is going to end up with Jimmy at the end. Who should I put my money on? Ugh. Well, no, I want to ask a different question because I think, you know, obviously there's been some time since the filming happened. When you left the show, when Jimmy was like, see you later, sayonara, who did you think at that point it was going to be? Um, Jay. I just, like, Jay is such a nice person. I know that your money's on Jay and Maddie. Is it because it's Maddie Jay? Well, Maddie Jay. <laughs> I have. I'm yet, I'm yet to commit any... So your name's like my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yet to commit any money, but you reckon, is she, a, is she 100% in? Am I, am I committing to this? Am I going to put some money down? We're trying to save for a house deposit. Don't encourage him. Yeah. 
She's just such a legend. Like the way you see her on TV is just her. She's super nice. She has time for everyone. She's got nice things to say about people. Like she's just fun and down to earth. Like I couldn't speak more highly of someone. So I hope it's her. Yeah. Well, Matt, yeah, we've we've definitely divided on who we think is coming first and second and third on this. We like these are the things that we fight about and debate in our household. It's really healthy. <laughs> Sierra, what was one of the most challenging parts of the whole experience? <sighs> Um, oh. no sex. <laughs> yes. Um, Just meditate and masturbate. That's what you do in the house, right? <laughs> that was actually a really big downfall of mine is not bringing in a vibrator to the mansion. I just didn't think I'd be allowed one for some reason. Um, it's probably why I was so pissed off all the time. <laughs> when they check your bags. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you first go in, they check your bags to make sure you haven't brought in any contraband. Just yeah. imagining one time them going through and being like, oh, a vibrator. Lovely. You can keep that, but yeah. we're taking your mobile phone. Yeah. Oh, a big old bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just the embarrassment I didn't bring one but I was just really like yeah I just you know, needed to rub one out clearly I would have been so pissed off all the time I just cried like every day <laughs> but yeah I think not getting a single date with Jimmy obviously got me down as well because of the old ego not because I wanted a single date with Jimmy to explore our connection but because I wanted my own entire episode but surely now being on the show, I think a lot of people have fallen in love with you. You must have so many tradies out there trying to slip into your DMs on your Instagram. Uh, I don't have my Instagram back yet. So no. I know. I'm like, so like it's to prevent trolling. I'm totally like on board with the whole situation because I've obviously got a fake profile to like stalk myself and on the batch page and stuff like that. So there is like a lot of really negative comments and you kind of get used to it. But at first it's a massive shock to the system, like trolling. It's actually so horrible. All these people calling me like, you know, revolting and saying I look like a man and stuff like that. Like it's actually really mean. So I think it's like a really good thing that they're taking over our accounts, but deleting our messages, totally cool. But can you just like check them first? And if it's a hot guy, can you leave it for when I get back? <laughs> like, I've just been rejected on TV. I need some love. <laughs> they're doing you dirty. That's what they're doing. <laughs> if there are any tradies out there listening right now. I mean, we have a huge tradie demographic of our listenership. Like I, it's, it would surprise you. I would say at least 1% of people <laughs> listen to this who are tradies. Well, you, know, you never know. There may be a guy right now in Melbourne thinking, this is my dream girl. This is who I want to spend the rest of my life with. If he's listening, Sierra, what would be the ideal dream date that you should be taken on? Um, I mean, like pre-COVID. Because <laughs> I walk around the parks about as good as it's going to get right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe some hand-holding, although we can't with our 1.5 metre social distancing. So, look, I am a big fan of eating. So I really do enjoy food and wine. But, yeah, just... Wait a couple of weeks, guys, at Swepo on Instagram if you'd like to find me. Otherwise, I'm on Hinge. So just set your distance uh, large enough for it to, to reach uh, Melbourne and find me. <laughs> Sierra, you are the absolute best. We are very sad that you are no longer gracing our screens. We hope that you one day maybe you're the bachelorette and then we can see you do this all over again. But thank you so much for taking the time today and thank you for being a part of the podcast. Honestly, the show is not going to be the same without you. Oh, thank you so much for having me, honestly. It's just such a blessing. Like, I love you guys so much. Like I actually could have cried when I'm, Lauren told me that I was going to be on this with you. So like, I was like, oh, Oh, fuck Oprah, we've got Laura Bear. <laughs> <laughs> no, you hang up. <laughs> <laughs>